As you know, our premier has been up in cottage country. On Friday, Premier Doug Ford met with uh, mayors in uh, Muskoka Lakes and Bracebridge area to discuss flooding after um, giving a speech at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. And he announced that uh, residents in Bracebridge and Huntsville affected by flooding will be able to apply for a provincial disaster recovery assistance. This only applies to primary residences and their basic contents, as well as small businesses and farms and not-for-profit organizations. But if you had a cottage or a secondary residence, unfortunately, you are not going to qualify for this. And the program covers the emergency expenses and cost to repair or replace essential property that aren't covered by insurance after a national disaster, a natural disaster, rather. We're joined now by Dr. Paul Ramoliotis, Medical Officer of Health for Eastern Ontario. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being here, Dr. Paul. I wanted to talk about uh, your advisory when it comes to getting back to your properties after they've been flooded, especially properties that actually have a well on them. Yes. Yes. One of the things that we've been uh, telling people, and by the way, we've also been affected here in eastern Ontario. So uh, we've had cottage country as well off the Ottawa River, sort of uh, in multiple areas, Ottawa and so on. So uh, this applies to any any well owner across Ontario whose land has been flooded. We know that there, the flood water will contaminate the wells. And, and as such, during the flood, we recommend that people do not use the water because it could be chemical products, it could be bacterial products, germs, all these things. So the first thing we tell people is not to use and or drink uh, the water from their well. Uh, and and uh, they need to uh, use alternative forms of water, both for drinking and for washing themselves or bathing and so on. Are, do you think people are shocked by the, you know, I, get, I guess that they would uh, already surmise they shouldn't be drinking the water, but at least using it for washing, I would assume people think, ah, it heats up, I'll be okay. Well, one of the things that uh, we saw, and we didn't see it this, this time around, but the last uh, th- time we had a flood, uh, one of, this big gas tanker that was uh, at a, one of the marinas uh, was submerged into the water and, and uh, uh, fuel got into the water that flooded wells in the area. And uh, the water smelled like gasoline. And so we, we worry about that. Obviously, uh, in most situations, we don't want to take a chance. So once uh, a well owner uh, goes back to the property, the flood has receded, uh, they check their well, they flush their well. If all, all looks clear, there's no smell, there's no debris in the water, they've, they've ruled out bacterial contamination, we think at that point it's safe to drink. But until you've done that and had a, and had a peek down the well or looked at down the well to ensure that there's nothing else or possible contaminants or there's no odor or no different color, then you should consider it contaminated. And yes, you're right, that contamination will not uh, be, you can't get rid of that con- contamination uh, by just boiling the water. So that's why we recommend it until... We're able to take a look, and you can't take a look until the flood of water recedes. Right, so uh, best to wait and see. Uh, Also, when you're, you know, there's still going to be floodwaters receding. Uh, People are going to have to go into flooded uh, areas of their property. You're saying that we should make sure we're protected, at least your skin. Yes, we are. Um, you know, uh, make sure that uh, you're you're wearing boots or you're wearing uh, proper rubber clothing and so on when you go into the well water because not to the flood water because that itself can be contaminated. And if you got a scratch or a bruise or or any anything that gets into gets into the water, any bacteria or any viruses can get into your skin and can and, and cause an infection. And the other thing that we tell people, and we've had a lot of people get cuts and bruises while they're doing all the work, um, you know, to save their homes. Uh, make sure that they're tetanus shots are up to date because tetanus we can find tetanus spores in the ground and 
and uh, there's no reason for it not to be able to to affect individuals uh, who uh, get in contact with it. So we, you, I remind people that they need to have their tetanus shot up to date. And in general, you, even adults need one a booster every 10 years. So now's a good time to reevaluate that. It's interesting you're talking about contaminations and contaminants in the water because we had an, an engineer talking about uh, the shortcomings of sandbags and the fact that a lot of people don't realize this, but you have to be careful and to when disposing of sandbags yes. because of contamination. And exactly, you know, I think people were shocked. Not only myself, but other people that listened to it, and they thought, well, what kind of contaminants would be up in cottage country in the well, water? Uh, anything that uh, can get from the ground, anything that can, um, you know, gr- ground uh, uh, sewage material, anything can get into the water. Um, again, uh, again, obviously, when you're farther away from uh, from industrial areas, less chemicals, but bacteria all over the place, and they can get into the water uh, from the ground. Our ground has bacteria, has tetanus spores in it, and so uh, you can see very easily if you mix the two, uh, there's possible contamination. So we don't want to take a chance. Soap and water, you need to wash with that as soon as you get in and just make sure you you, uh, treat all cuts and and bruises. Would you polysporin and wrap them up? Exactly, exactly. Antibacterial, wrap them up, and, and if there's any sign of it getting more red or, or swollen or extending beyond the area of entry, get medical attention. You may need antibiotics. 